Last week, I said that if Oklahoma cannot go into Manhattan and put away Kansas State fairly easily, it's probably a sign that the Sooners are not as special as we thought they were at this time a month ago. Well, they obviously did not put away Kansas State easily. In fact, it took 59 minutes and 53 seconds of game time to do it. Rodney Anderson's spectacular 22-yard touchdown run in the final seconds realistically put the game away for the Sooners with about seven seconds remaining. So, after taking a few days to decompress and reflect, do I stand by my statement from last week? Unfortunately, I do. One of the toughest things about fandom is being realistic. Here at West of Everest, we will always strive to be honest with our audience, and that means being brutally honest when it's merited. With that being said, let's be honest. At best, Kansas State is an average football team. At best, Kansas State is a mediocre offensive football team. At their very best, Kansas State is a slightly decent team running the football. Well, Oklahoma made Kansas State look like the 1995 Nebraska Cornhuskers in the first half of Saturday's game. It was that bad. It was really bad. Championship football teams do not struggle with teams like Kansas State. Period. Do I hope the Sooners prove me completely wrong and rebound in a big way this weekend against Texas Tech? Of course I do. However, we've played over half of the season. Realistically, they're running out of opportunities to improve. This just very may well be who Oklahoma is this year. An absolute nightmare for opposing teams on the offensive side of the ball, led by maybe the best quarterback college football has ever seen, and also a team that is more than happy and incredibly likely to give you points right back on the defensive side of the ball. On one hand, though, if I had to choose one guy to elevate a team who's struggling defensively, I'd certainly take number six. Baker Mayfield sure has the look of a guy with an entire team and state on his back. Let's hope that right shoulder holds up. Maybe something magical will happen. I'm Grant Benson. This is West of Everest. Play action going in zone. Touchdown, Oklahoma. Jermaine Gresham. With Brown smashing into the end zone. They have made it look easy. Intercepted at midfield. Picked off by Lewis. Lewis with great speed. Headed in zone. Just short. Now Murray. Touchdown, Oklahoma. It's a stomping in Norman, folks. An old-fashioned stomping. Are we in Madison? <laughs> love it. Absolutely love everything about that game. OU, Texas Tech, November 22nd, 2008. The Sooners stomped the Red Raiders 65-21 to in front of the entire nation in prime time. Late in the second quarter, after OU had taken a 42-7 lead, jump around started playing on the entire stadium started playing throughout the the speakers and the entire stadium went bananas including the players on the field on the sidelines to this day that's the best atmosphere that i've ever experienced at a sporting event ever hi everyone by the way i am lee benson and this is west of everest you heard grant at the top 
Let's bring him back in. Grant, a lot of awesome memories came rushing back to me while I was looking up plays for the intro for the show today. Just what a fun day that was. It was kind of like a it was it was kind of a chilly November day in Oklahoma. I remember we got up super early to go to college game day because they were there. Uh, just a really fun game. And Lee, do you remember that uh, that wasn't the only OU sporting event we went to that day? The OU basketball team also had a game that day. Oh yeah. <laughs> and if you recall, it was a nail biter against Gardner Webb, and I'm pretty sure Blake Griffin had like had like 40 points and 25 rebounds or something like that. I, that's a, a, a deep dive. It's an amazing deep dive. Yeah, it really like, is. Wow, that's you know what we were way too into OU sports back in college. That's insane. Well, that was the perfect time to do it. The 2008 season, you had Sam Bradford and Blake Griffin. I mean, just a, that was a fun year. That was a really good OU basketball team. True, true. If you're ever going to do it, might as well do it that season. Mm-hmm. So Texas Tech is back up on the schedule for Oklahoma. Obviously, Oklahoma plays tech every year but uh this is the first time that west of everest has happened when texas tech is coming to norman so of course it's fun to uh, look back to that 2008 game when house of pain came on and everybody went crazy and and kirk herb street was talking about how it seemed like it was madison because uh, of course that's it's it's popular to do that at uh, wisconsin games the, the best part about that jump around thing lee and, and it's crazy that almost 10 years later everyone still kind of talks about it but the coolest thing about that is how organic it was. It came, it was totally natural how it happened. Came up out of nowhere. It, I don't think I had ever heard that song um, at the stadium, or at least if I had, I, it hadn't been memorable at all. But it just, it just when that song came on, it just kind of felt like the right thing to do. And it was, it was, it was, it was just kind of a magical moment. It was really cool. I'm getting goosebumps right now. Actually, yeah, I, I hearing, just got goosebumps too. You talk was, about it and talking about it. It was that cool. Like, and so that's one of the things where I, I can always look back is that you know I we were possibly at you know one of the most memorable games ever at that stadium it may be the most memorable game ever it's just it's cool it was such a fun game and you know who else has well i i don't know if fond memories is the correct word but but uh certainly has memories of that game grant oklahoma's head coach lincoln riley He -hmm. was on the sidelines for that one as well, except he was on the visiting team sidelines at Texas Tech. And earlier this week at his press conference, he was asked about that game. And Riley said that the jump around game was the best atmosphere that he's ever coached or played in. So that just gives you an idea of how cool it was. Same. uh, Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's the way I feel, too. Yeah, I mean, he was at Tech from 2003 to 2009. So that was the tail end of his tenure as a wide receiver coach at Texas Tech. And so I'm sure Lincoln Riley now is happy to be on Oklahoma's side as this game inches towards us here on Saturday. And man, you know what? Primetime Texas Tech, 7 o'clock kick. Certainly the stakes aren't as high for each team as it was back in 2008. The game is not as late in the season as well. Uh, stakes obviously high for Oklahoma, much higher than than they are for Texas Tech. And uh, I'm, Grant, I got to tell you, I... I hope that this Sooners team comes out and is ready to go because you just at this point we don't know what we're going to get from Oklahoma and that was proven against Kansas State. No, we have no no idea. I mean, there there was a while there, three straight games where it seemed like a trend was developing. Actually, maybe not even three straight games. Every single game this season, they would jump out right away and they would just be very impressive from the get go. Um, and the mantra it seemed like during practice and over the course of the week was always, "Hey, you know, we're, we've last year we we never really started very well, but this year we have. We've started incredibly well." Uh, but you know they've it's kind of they've kind of been lulled into a false sense of security. Uh, they they don't have that killer instinct. They haven't been able to close out games. 
But then, of course, the script is flipped this past week at Kansas State. They come out just totally flat. Uh, it's the most flat I've seen them come out for a football game in, you know, since early last season. It was, it was insane. So, I mean, obviously, they have a profile of a really inconsistent football team right now. And Lincoln Riley was asked about the energy level in that Kansas State game, and he, he acknowledged that, yeah, it was a problem. And he also pointed out that, hey, it was really the first time all year that Oklahoma did not start the game fast. It was really the first time that they were slow, and he even brought up, obviously, that long touchdown run on the second play of the game didn't help things. And um, so it's not like Lincoln Riley was at, at his press conference said, what are you talking about? No, it's we're fine. We're good. I mean, he... He's honest. He said, yeah, that's a problem. I mean, that was a problem, and and uh, they're going to address it. And you know, I guess if you're going to look at positives from from last game in the past month of games from Oklahoma is that Oklahoma's played some close games, and Lincoln Riley says that his team has the confidence that they're going to be able to find a way to win games, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that Oklahoma's played these tight games deep into the fourth quarter when they've had to make plays in crunch time. So I guess if you're going to look at any positive thing, like I said a second ago, is that if Oklahoma plays close games the rest of the way, it's not going to be a foreign feeling to them because they've played such tight games. Now the problem is, though, they're playing tight games against Kansas State, who they shouldn't be playing tight games against, playing tight games against Baylor, who they shouldn't be playing tight games against, and then, of course, a tight game against Iowa State, who now we're finding out it's a pretty good football team, but still, at the time, Oklahoma still really should not have been in the tight game with the Cyclones. Lee, do you buy into that whole notion of the, you know, having experience in close games thing? So you, you know, you have a less likely opportunity to your or chance of, of blinking or, or screwing up. And do, do you believe in that? I, I've always thought that's kind of an overrated talking point. I've never really bought into that at all. I'd slightly buy into it because I think there is an emotion and a feeling that goes with being under pressure late in the game that you don't get if you're just blowing people out of the water and it's yeah. easy. So I will buy into it slightly, but again, it's it's not good to be playing tight games against opponents that aren't really that great because that just gives you more information that really your team is not that great because, like you said in your opening take rant, championship-level, playoff-level type teams don't struggle with teams like Kansas State. Now, Kansas State, year in and year out, is always solid, but this Kansas State team is, like you said, average at best this season. Especially, not very good. Especially and, with Delton at quarterback. Uh, especially. And so yeah. I, I think Jesse Yurt is back this week for Kansas State. You know, he actually does uh, present, you know, a different element. He can throw it a little bit. He's not a plus thrower by any stretch of the imagination, but he, he can throw a little bit. I, I think, did I say it last, last, I mean, Alex Delton is the worst thrower of the forward pass in Division One college football. He's that bad throwing the football. Um, so, I mean, that's just, I, 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 I couldn't really imagine Kansas State being even more one-dimensional um, than they showed last Saturday. And Alex Delton was 12 of 14 throwing against the defense. I mean, th- let's not let's not sugarcoat it. The defense was awful on Saturday. Uh, and of course, yeah, the, the defense, that's going to be the, the big talking point going forward. And it has been all year. And we'll get to the defense in a second. But I, I'd be remiss, Grant, if we didn't bring up early in the show, Baker Mayfield, hey, you know, you're kind of like, saying like I was crazy for thinking that or questioning whether or not he was healthy or not and we find out that his shoulders giving him some problems and he didn't even practice at all last week which is incredible considering he played one of the best games he's played at Oklahoma so I it makes you wonder like really what's going on with his shoulder it clearly is not that big of a deal if he's still able to complete balls down the field I mean he's still able to throw it you know 30 40 yards I don't think you're going to see Baker Mayfield though wind up and throw it like 
50 to 60 yards like he did to Jeff Bidette in that OU Texas game because the injury came later in that OU Texas game. At least uh, that's kind of what Lincoln Riley hinted at. He said he didn't really remember 100% when it happened, but it did happen in that Texas game. Yeah. So the you know that's something to keep an eye out for. If Baker Mayfield obviously is not healthy, this team's season is is going to be over with, to be honest they're, with you. And I, I mean, I said that at the very beginning of the year because he's yeah, the guy. And it, it, it's not a hot take. Everyone kind of knows that yeah. he's the guy. They're that, in trouble that unless, unless the defense, you know, were to revert back to Ohio State defense for you know the rest of the season, which we've shown no evidence that that is even capable of happening. So I guess that's not true. They, they played up to that level against Texas in, in some spurts. But um, I, Lee, this is... I know we were talking about Baker, but I, I just I just want to hammer on this one more time. This is the most inconsistent football team I've I've ever seen, or at least at the very least, the most inconsistent Sooner team I've ever seen. I mean, I it, it's insane how I when when they play their best football, I legitimately think there's only two or three teams in the country that have a chance to even hang with them that when they play their best. But for whatever reason, they just can't they can't sustain that level of play for more than a quarter. It seems like it's it's nuts. Yeah, I agree with you, and I know this is a this is our pre Texas Tech podcast, and we're going to talk a little bit about Texas Tech in that game. But that you talking about how if they play their best, only maybe two or three teams in the country can even stick with Oklahoma. That's what makes things so frustrating because Oklahoma's offense is just otherworldly, and you watch other teams, even the top teams in college football, play, and their offenses like Alabama, Georgia, Wisconsin. Even Ohio State, who has a very good offense, uh, TCU. I mean, these are the teams in the top ten. I mean, their offenses aren't anywhere near Oklahoma's offenses as far as productivity, no. the talent level at quarterback, and and just the, the ability to put up lots and lots of points and put pressure on defenses. And so you see that offense have so much success, and then you see the Oklahoma defense just can't keep up their end of the bargain at a, on a consistent basis. It's just... It's frustrating as a Sooners fan because the offense is so great and the defense has the capabilities, like we saw against Ohio State, to be really good as well, put it together, and this is the best team in college football, but yet, for whatever reason, it just it doesn't come together for four quarters every game, and even against the average teams. They can't, they can't do much and, and shut down average teams, and that's so darn frustrating because you watch yeah. Penn State, you watch Wisconsin. Yeah, they're playing teams – some offenses that aren't really as good as some of the offenses in the Big 12. But Kansas State's a pretty rudimentary, one-dimensional offense. Yeah, Kansas I mean, State Wisconsin, is not a, is not a Big 12 State, level offense. Those, guys, those, those defenses would have shut Alex Delton and that running game down easily. Yeah, it wouldn't Lee, even have been a game. Yeah, uh, during when I, was, when I was watching the game on Saturday, Lee, what, uh, something that just kept popping in my head, and it, it was bugging me because, you know, based off of what was happening on TV, I, I kept thinking to myself, man – Alabama could could beat this team whatever they want to score to zero. I Kansas State would would struggle to to gain 100 total yards yeah. of offense against Alabama. And yep. and that's like and and we bring that up because that's, you know, that's the type of team that OU is is competing against. If they want to be this blue blood top 5 top 10 program, you know, that's the type of team they're going to have to beat. And so it's just it's it's it, it really makes me think, you know, how they would do, how they're going to do against these, you know, kind of more powerful teams guys who have nfl guys up front how they're going to do against guys who are you know who decide hey we might be able to just ram it down these guys throats uh that that's what i saw from from can and that's the first time that we've that we've seen that from the sooners this year they they had been fairly decent at stopping the run 
And by fairly decent, I mean they had been well above average. They'd, it had been a strength of the defense. Yeah, that's true. Now they, there's yeah. even more doubt creeping in, and that's just the way it, it's been. A couple more. Um, let's just kind of, a couple um, house cleaning, housekeeping uh, press conference notes to, to talk about. Lincoln Riley said that Abdul Adams was available to play last week, but uh, he wasn't 100%. And uh, not committal on his status for the Texas Tech game. But uh, Lincoln Riley said that uh, Abdul Adams is expected to continue to improve his health. That's good news. Oh, man. Uh, Not surprisingly, Baker Mayfield said that there's no doubt that this team can make it to Atlanta, make it to the playoff. Of course, he's going to say that. He's been saying that for for weeks and and months. And and they can. They they can. can. And he's a big reason for it. They got to play full games and they got to make sure they're prepared every week. Defense has just got to start getting stops. I mean, they if if they can get if they can get three stops a half, man, that that's all all you're asking for, I think, and they'll be fine. Three stops a half, that's all you need. Let's talk about Texas Tech. We've talked a lot about just Oklahoma and kind of how our feelings are in regards to the Sooners and just the frustration about the defense. So let's talk about Texas Tech. And I watched that entire game last week when Texas Tech was beaten in Lubbock by Iowa State. And that was a game where the Cyclones came out well coached, didn't beat themselves, and just beat Texas Tech in Lubbock. And Iowa State, as we alluded to earlier, has turned into a pretty darn good football team, now ranked in the top 25 for the first time, I think, since the 90s. And here's what I got from Texas Tech in that game against Iowa State. First half, Iowa State outgained Tech 244 to 97 in the first half of that game. The Cyclones were able to get 10 points off of Texas Tech turnovers. And the only reason why Tech was even able to score in the first half is because there was a bad interception thrown by Kyle Kemp that set the Raiders up, Red Raiders up inside the 10-yard line. And so it got me thinking. Texas Tech's offense in this game, at least in the first half, was very conservative, which is kind of kind of bizarre. They didn't throw the football down the field at all, and that's because Iowa State keeps everything in front of them. That's what the Cyclones do, as Oklahoma fans should know from the time Iowa State played Oklahoma. Get this, Grant. Texas Tech only had 18 yards passing in the first half. 18. Huh. And that's Texas Tech, the air raid team that everyone, is, they, everyone knows Tech is a team that throws the ball around. 18 yards passing by Nick Shimanek in the first half. Tech ran the football 22 times in the first half. So, Grant, this is an offense that is running the ball way more than it has in the past. Yeah, and their uh, their stat pro their their stat profile bears that out too. They're, this is a team that really kind of leans on the run actually this year. I'm not saying that they're running it more um, than they're throwing it, but it, they're they're certainly more apt to hand it off uh, a lot more this year. Um, they ran the ball as many times as they passed the ball against Iowa State. Yeah, and it maybe it's one of those things. Maybe Cliff Kingsbury sees the the success that Lincoln Riley's had here. You know, he's in the two years that he was the offensive coordinator here. He he ran it more than he threw it. Maybe you know he's uh, he, he feels like that that's the best way to run his offense right now. I I, I did want to say Lee Texas Tech um, in terms of efficiency, advanced stats, uh, what have you. They have the the seventeenth best rushing attack in the country. And when did you ever think you'd hear Texas Tech? You know ever be in the top half of the country and running the ball I, I don't even know much less the top 20 uh that's insane so I, after after watching what Kansas State did Lee that sort of scares me a little bit because because 
you know, Kansas State was doing that on the Sooners, and they had a lot of guys in the box, <laughs> even in the first half when they were getting shredded. Um, you know Texas Tech's going to spread you out, and then they're going to run it. So I I don't know. It, it's the you know the defensive line better come to play on Saturday. Well, here's what can can give us all some positive thoughts going into this game and you're concerned about the possibility of tech running the football down Oklahoma's throats and I get that that makes sense after what we witnessed last week in Manhattan think about Iowa State's defense the way they play it's simple they normally drop eight guys in the coverage and rush three they did it a whole lot against Oklahoma and had pretty good success against the Sooners relatively speaking I mean Oklahoma was still able to move the football at will had a, had a bad turnover in the red zone. But, I mean, late in the game when Oklahoma needed to come down and score, they got that stop. And Texas Tech got that stop because uh, – Iowa State, rather, got that stop because Iowa State's defense is so simple and it's so zone-oriented that their guys are, are so used to it. They know how to be disciplined, stay in their zone, and they don't let anybody get behind them. And they get decent pressure with three guys, and nobody tries to be a hero – and that held Texas Tech to 13 points. And you think about Oklahoma's defense, Grant. What is it normally? What does Mike Stoops like to do? Mike Stoops likes to play a lot of zone. He doesn't like the blitz a whole lot, except for that Texas game where they brought a lot of pressure. So if you think about it, like what if Oklahoma just goes ahead and decides to play some really disciplined zone and try to get pressure with three or four guys and make sure that they nobody tries to be a hero and they play, play a confident coverage football they should be able to slow down tech just like Iowa State did, you would think, right? I, I think that sounds nice, but I don't. Has has this team shown a, a consistent capability to be able to play a, a you know, a disciplined zone? I haven't seen that. Have no. you? I, no, I don't, not at all. I don't know if that's a very smart thing for the Sooners to do. To be honest with you, um, I, Iowa State does that. It's, that's kind of what Kansas State does. Um, Texas Tech's going to do that too um, on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, I. Maybe I I don't know. We we might see the Sooners do that. I kind of hope they don't. I I I just think that's that really is a recipe to get to be getting just eaten alive. I I I've, I I it might work for Iowa the Iowa States of the world. I I just don't like it. I, I I don't like playing defense that way. I'd much rather bring the fight to the offense, not the other way around. Because even when you do that, you know you're still you're still reacting to what the offense is doing. When as a defensive as as a defense, you want the the offense reacting to what you're doing. So, um. That might work, and you know, hey, if 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 the Sooners are able to get pressure with three guys, only rushing three guys, then absolutely have at it. Uh, when when I get worried about zone, it's just I, I get worried about getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, Shimanek having all day to just sit back there and just pick them apart. You can play good good zone defense all you want, but there's nobody who's going to be able to hold a zone for you know more than five seconds, really, for the most part. That's that's you're asking a lot of your secondary to do that. So I eventually someone's going to get open in that um especially with texas a texas tech like offense when they're trained to find you know the the soft the soft uh, parts of the zone um and if you're going to do that it really is all about getting pressure on the quarterback can the sooners do that uh doubtful i would say with three guys i i think they they could maybe every now and then with with four guys rushing um i i, I think they've been better uh, rushing the quarterback this year when they've been sending extra guys um, just, just more so, especially in that Ohio State game, they would send guys from the secondary against Texas. They blitz the linebackers a lot in very creative ways. I, th- that's the type of defense I prefer. I, I feel like when you're sitting back, uh, letting the offense dictate what you do, you're you're just opening yourself up to 
just getting driven the length of the field on. It, it works for some teams, but it's just it, it not not how I would prefer to play defense. Even though that is that that is the uh, uh, the the thing that old uh, defensive coordinators in the NFL used to employ to try to stop Peyton Manning. That seemed to be the only thing is that you have to pray that your your front four got pressure without blitzing and just kind of sit back in a two deep safety zone. Yeah, it's. Uh... I mean, it's it's difficult because it's really it should be really easy to play three down linemen, four down linemen, and have your defensive backs and linebackers play zone coverage because zone coverage is so freaking easy. It's mm-hmm. it, it, you just it's but yet Oklahoma has shown that they have a hard time understanding their zone schemes a lot of the times this year, and it's just you see the There's linebackers let, let players let players get behind them. They they just kind of pass the buck off to somebody else, but that's actually their own zone. And it's just, yeah, it's just, sometimes they think it's man. Sometimes it's it's really frustrating. So because of that, I think the best way to approach this game is, I'm going to sound like a broken record, approach this game like Oklahoma should have approached the Kansas State game and the, the way they approached the Texas game. Be aggressive, play a lot of man, put pressure on Shimanek, force the issue. If they end up burning them, you know, that's fine. You know, I, I'd like to see Oklahoma put a lot of pressure on Jordan Thomas and Parnell Motley because those are two good cornerbacks. I think that can cover well and put them out, man them up on people and blitz and get pressure on Shimanek. But the thing is, though, if Oklahoma is not able to stop the run with their defensive line consistently, I think Tech's going to have their way with the Sooners defense on yeah. Saturday. And, and it's it's hard to imagine Oklahoma holding Tech under 30 points at this point. Yeah. Mind you, I think this is interesting. This is how OU used to defend Tech. You know, back back in the you know the first days of Mike Stoops and the Brent Venables days. I'm talking mid 2000s, early 2000s when Texas Tech, um, after uh, after Leach left OU and Texas Tech was really the only team in the conference running this type of offense. This is how OU defended them. They would they would only rush four guys and they would sit back in a zone because at that time OU was the only team in the conference that had the athletes that could that could just go one on one with the Texas Tech offense and have no problem shutting them down they would be able to get pressure with just with four guys for the defensive line and that worked i i'm not sure if that really works anymore uh, i i'm just i'm just not sure and we and, and unless they've proven that they have you know big time nfl guys in the trenches there which i don't think they've proven yet uh, i don't know if just, i don't know if that's a successful strategy especially now i i think that they're bet they're best off just just playing to their strengths which which i still think is just defensive speed this is a fast defense um just try to get to the quarterback man just be fast, play fast, uh, blitz from every angle, just havoc. I, I love I, I love havoc defenses, and and yeah, you are going to get burned from time to time, but that's you know when you got the best offense in the country on the other side of the field. I don't think it's that big of a deal if you get burned every now and then. We've made it almost thirty minutes into this podcast without bringing up what happened last season in Lubbock when Oklahoma went and played Texas Tech, and it was one of the worst football games that I've ever seen because it lasted about nine hours, and it was just an indictment on defense on both sides of the ball. Texas Tech and Pat Mahomes had what had over 700 yards passing. I mean, that's just insane. Yep. And, and this week, talking to the media, Mike Stoops was asked about the game last year, and, and Mike Stoops and the players all say the same thing. Of course, they're embarrassed by it, and he talked about that a lot last year, but kind of with a smile – Stoops had a kind of a, a comment saying, oh, hopefully we prevent Tech from gaining 900 yards. And he was kind of smiling about it. Yeah. So I hope that he doesn't. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's it's I mean, it's funny. I mean, yeah, like like give credit to Mike Stoops for I mean, he he said it was embarrassing. And, you know, I mean, hopefully that's that's confidence 
that he's able to make that little joke going into this game and guys like Oboe saying things this week like I'm excited about this game because of last year and Oboe was talking about how he wants to make a statement and dominate Texas Tech because of last year. Well, so awesome. That's, hopefully they come out hopefully hopefully they come out motivated. That's the thing. So like while they haven't looked great, I mean they didn't look great against Kansas State. They showed up against Texas. They showed up against Ohio State. It's almost like these games that get their attention during the week, they've showed up for or shown up for. Kansas State obviously, they you know, they watched them on film probably and kind of laughed it off and thought this team's not very good and they didn't show up. You would think though you would hope to think that after last year in Lubbock that this defense is going to want to show up and, and prove something against Tech. And I think that's what Oklahoma fans have to hang their hat on and hope for in this one. You look at the spread, Grant. Oklahoma's favored by almost 20 points. I yeah. mean, that seems really high. Vegas still really likes OU. Vegas still has OU as the number two team in the country. So um, and I, I'm assuming that has to do with Baker Mayfield. But that And I, I think that spread they, also is, is they beat last State year's game too. is taken yeah. in too. But I mean, Vegas yeah. is week to week, though. I mean, they're they're in the business of making money, okay. and there's gonna, I bet there's going to be a lot of money that comes in on the Red Raiders. I mean, that's that's a big spread. That's a big spread considering Oklahoma hasn't covered in a month. Mm-hmm. They were probably thinking like, uh, think about it. Like, what what if they made it? You know, like a, a fourteen point spread or something like that. Then they would probably, you know, a lot of money probably would have come in on OU. Um, they're 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 making it that twenty point spread. So money comes in on Texas Tech, so it can even out a little more. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I thought I mean, now it'll, that I, it'll move around. Yeah. So I, I, I did, I did want to mention this, Lee. I think after the 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 week, uh, our show after the Iowa State game, I think I I had mentioned that that was the worst defensive performance I had ever seen from OU. The Iowa State game, and I actually, I today I actually did go look back look back at the drive summary from the Texas Tech game last year. That was a stupid thing I said about the Iowa State game. the The Texas Tech game last year was was much much worse. <laughs> so I. I apologize well, for the to you yeah. for uh, to not yeah. for not living in the moment. I, I I apologize for the for the stupid emotional comment on on the show after the Iowa State game. But man, did did you know that Oklahoma gave up 900 yards of, of offense to Texas Tech last year? It wasn't and quite 900. It was like it was it was 882 or something. It was yeah, it was something like that. But still, it, even when you're talking about getting up close to 900, oh my god, that's so much offense. See, but Oklahoma gained 854 against Texas yeah, defense. It was see the. <laughs> The the funny thing about that game was, do you, did you watch that game live at all, Lee? Like, or were you? Working? Well, I mean, I was I was working, so I didn't working. really get to catch. But like, my, was, I, my show ended, and the game was still going on. It was like the third quarter, mm-hmm. and I was like, "How is it like the third quarter? Yeah, it's eleven I, o'clock at night." <laughs> that that was one of the weirdest games ever. It was that's the first that's the first game I've ever watched where the team that I was rooting for was literally giving up a touchdown on every single drive they were on defense, but I had absolutely no fear that they were ever going to lose the game. That's how that that's how hilariously easy it was for Baker Mayfield and the OU offense to drive the field against Texas Tech's defense. It was, th- I mean, it was that bad. Well, it was for, it yeah. was basically is just as easy for Tech to drive yeah, the ball as well it's, against OU. It's, so it's true, it's true. Yeah, but there, there that was one of the weirdest feelings. I, I just remember feel, remember thinking, there's absolutely no way that Texas Tech is is stopping Oklahoma right now. It's just not like it, it's literally going to take uh, Joe Mixon running you know with no one within 15 yards of him down the sideline for a touchdown and him just dropping the ball that's what it's going to take i remember thinking that yeah mahomes attempted 88 passes that's crazy (laughs) what that is the stupidest stat that is one of the dumbest stats i've ever seen all right okay so i don't think there's a whole lot else to talk about as far as this game grant i mean what's 
what's the point of talking about the offense? We talked about Baker Mayfield. Sure, he he's practicing this week. He's supposed to be. So that's an, that's something to look out for is his shoulder. But Oklahoma's offense is should not have problems against Texas Tech. Texas Tech's defense is fine. But, uh, I mean, allowed 24 points to Iowa State. Iowa State got seven off a of pick six. And Oklahoma's got a much better offense than Iowa State. So I feel like we've talked about the defense a lot, and that's going to pretty much decide this game, in my opinion. So I, for that, I will ask you, we're not going to do the what do you want to have happen. We're just going to go straight to what will happen in this game, Grant. So what's going to happen Saturday night? I think, I think the Sooners are going to win a really weird offensive shootout because that just kind of seems like that's who they are. I, I Yeah, I, I think the Sooners are going to I, – I, I'm not going to guess a score because at this point, early in the year, I felt confident guessing the scores because I knew what I was going to get from Oklahoma. Now I, I'm not going to guess these scores, but I will say I think Oklahoma's going to win, but I don't think they're not going to cover. I don't think OU's going to cover that 19.5-point spread. I think it's going to be either a touchdown or may, maybe maybe 10 points. But it's just it's I haven't seen enough from the defense to think that they're going to they're going to be able to slow down Texas Tech and keep keep Tech off the scoreboard for long periods of time. What, what do I, I, I think they're going to win by double digits. I, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying I think they're going to cover the spread. I, I think that's unlikely. Um, I, I, I think they're going to win by double digits and I think they're going to give up a whole hell of a lot of yards. Let's, let's just say that the only way Oklahoma covers a spread in this game is if the defense actually puts their money where their mouth is and is embarrassed from last year's game and yep. wants to, to show the world. And I shouldn't say the world, more like show Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma, that, hey, this defense really isn't all that bad and, and, and makes a statement. And, and I don't want to make it seem like we're asking too much of, of the Sooner defense here. It, we're, we're not saying a good defensive performance is them you know, coming out and holding Texas Tech to 13 points and only 300 yards of offense. That ain't happening. So just get that out of your head right now. I, I, like I said, I want three stops each half. If that happens, I will say the OU defense played. I want three stops each half, and I'd like them to take the ball away twice. If they do that, they've played a good game. Ba- based we'll off what we've that. seen. I like yeah, that. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. On to the slate of Big 12 games this week, and some good Big 12 games to talk about. Oklahoma State at West Virginia. Two top 25 teams. We'll talk about those games when we get to our picks of the week, Texas is at Baylor. And Grant, I seem to remember you thinking that that Baylor-West Virginia line last week was was dumb, and Baylor almost won that game. So Vegas always Baylor's knows. not that bad. Baylor's Vegas not always that bad. knows. Uh, here's, here's the thing. Are we – I mean, probably not, but how crazy would it be if we're trending towards Baylor getting their their only win this year against, like, TCU and just shocking TCU on the last, the last day of the season? Because Baylor is competitive. No, Baylor can honestly, score points. The the more I think about it, especially after what happened um, in the in the OSU Texas game, that that this game really feels a whole hell of a lot like Baylor upset in Texas. I I I really do mean it. If well, I heard Sam Ellinger's in the concussion protocol. So what if he doesn't play? He doesn't play. Prob- and I I don't know if that'd be too. I mean, and the one game that Bouchelle really has played this year was that opening game in Maryland, which they lost. But Bouchelle was was actually pretty good in that game. So uh, they, I don't know. I mean, Ellinger, what makes Ellinger special is just how he extends plays with his feet. Uh, Bouchelle is a better thrower and they, they have good wide receivers. So, you know, if they, but I, I suppose the problem is Texas can't protect their quarterback. So Bouchelle will likely get decapitated back there, but they're playing Baylor though. I and mean, Baylor's defense is horrendous. So you never know. 
Other Big 12 game, Kansas State goes to Lawrence in the Battle of Kansas or something. I'm not sure if that's even a thing, but uh, who cares about that game? <laughs> uh, the, the, the biggest the biggest one, well, I mean, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, that's interesting. 11 this is the K. biggest game. This is the, yeah, this is the most This is super game. intriguing. This is yeah. super intriguing. TCU going to Ames to play Iowa State. And for all of you play, people at the start of the year who are circling the TCU-Iowa State game, at the end of October on your calendar and saying that's going to be a must-see TV kind of game, then uh, you're lying because nobody did that because that's ridiculous. Uh, Iowa State is only a six-and-a-half-point dog to TCU. I mean, granted, Iowa State's at home, so they're getting a little bit of credit for that. But, man, I am excited to to watch this game, and um, it'll be part of our pick, so we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a little bit. So that's the Big 12 slate couple of the games we'll talk about momentarily but before we get to our picks we got to go through our top 10 and the top 10 didn't get shaken up as much this week as it did last week with all the upsets and last week grant i know i had a tie for 10 i don't have any ties this time so i just have 10 through one and i will start things off with my number 10 team and that is the miami hurricanes they survived a push from syracuse in miami I believe going into last week, you were not very high on Syracuse. Clearly, the Orange are, are a decent team. I mean, the Orange could have won that game, and they beat Clemson. So right. Syracuse is a, is a tough team in that conference as well, and, and Miami got out, out of there undefeated, so I have Miami number 10. Yeah, Miami's a whole hell of a lot like OU, just saying. They're, they've been really lucky to escape with some wins here. They just don't have a loss yet. Um, anywho, Lee, my number 10 team is... Uh, is a team from Florida, but it is not Miami. It is UCF, the Golden Knights. Um, they have been very uh, under the radar this year. I think they're a really good team, and I would just, I, I hope they feel honored. Uh, they will carry on the tradition of entering my top 10 and then losing the very next week. So I'm very sorry to UCF. I don't know who they're playing this week. Um, I have I have, I have, have every right, though, to to take back what I just said in the case that they don't lose this week. Thank you. Wow, that's that's pretty... I mean, you. I think you hedge more than anybody. You're just a hedger of all hedgers. Hey, but, man, okay, I'm just, go on. just playing my game. Anyway, Lee, my number nine team are our Oklahoma Sooners. Thought really hard about dropping them out of the top ten. I, I couldn't really find another team I thought really warranted jumping them because really no one else has really been that impressive. The only other team that I considered for the top ten uh, was Wisconsin and Oklahoma State. Wisconsin is not in my top ten this week. Uh, I, I, I just... I'm, I don't know. It, it's a day that ends in Y, so I have incomplete thoughts on Wisconsin. That that's basically. Oh, I what thought they were an elite program, and it's it's a hacky take to say they're not that good. Okay. what happened with first, that? First of all, I did not say they were an elite program. How dare you put words right. in my mouth like that? I didn't. I would. Okay. I would never refer to Wisconsin as an elite football program. The the thought of of me ever saying that legitimately makes me want to vomit. So how dare you say that? Okay, so how did you describe Wisconsin? A really good football program. A really good football you... program who is who has shown that they have staying power and staying ability, which they do. I don't necessarily think that they're a top ten team right now, and I think that's okay because they've they've played a schedule full of mannequins. I think that's fair. Just real quick sidebar: going back to your UCF in the top ten, if if you jinx them like you said you might, that'd be a hell of a jinx considering they play Austin P this week. Oh yeah, baby. We're either going to see like the biggest upset in the history of college football or I'm just going to be right. 
So speaking of Wisconsin, that's who my number nine team is, Grant. I have the Badgers at number nine, and I had them tied at 10 with Miami. And um, it's it's one of those things where I, I still feel like Miami and Wisconsin are pretty much right there. But I decided to, to, to bump one team out of the top 25, so 10 and nine. Uh, Wisconsin, I watched most of that game against uh, Maryland going against, what, third-string quarterback. And that team just is so lucky to have such an easy schedule. They don't play anybody. And it's just it's an offense that's not very good. It's a defense that's pretty good, but it's a defense that hasn't faced a legitimate offense all season long. So the, how the good defense, are they really? The defense is usually pretty good. I was I um, I want to see a team that can throw the football pressure the defensive backs because it really oh, seemed like they were getting away with holding a lot and pass interference. Oh, do like, you want to hear not, my, they're not um, used they're not used to seeing anybody that can throw the ball around. Do you want to hear my uh my hilarious Wisconsin conspiracy theory? Anyway, I think Wisconsin has a uh, has some sort of deal with the NCAA or some sh- sort of shadow organization um, that literally never allows them to play a team that can complete a forward pass consistently. Hmm. Seriously, well, I mean, I've, there's they, good they evidence this this when, year of that. Well, I mean, really, but there's there's actually only one team in the Big Ten that can complete a forward pass with the consistency, and that's Penn State. Um, Ohio. You can argue that Purdue can sometimes. You can argue that Northwestern kind of can every once in a while. Mm. Oh, but, but I mean, no, it's, it's not, not like, anywhere near. It's not at the same kind of level as like the second tier teams in the Big Twelve can. Yeah, yeah. I okay. Let, should I really go on a on a deep dive of Wisconsin right now? We're, no, no, no. We're not no. going to do it. We're not going to do it. No, not for the number. I I, I apologize to all of our Oklahoma based listeners. I I live in Minnesota. I graduated from the University of Minnesota. Uh, Wisconsin is my is my second most hated uh, football program in the country. Sorry. And Alex Hornibrook is a really, really poor quarterback. Oh, yeah, he sucks. Number eight on my top 10 is the Clemson Tigers. They had a bye last week. Clemson has Kelly Bryant back. He's supposed to play this week. But this is a very intriguing game against Georgia Tech coming up for Clemson. And I believe that's part of our pick. So we'll talk about that game. Coming up, so who is your number eight team, Grant? My number eight team is Miami, Florida. Uh, they're basically there because, one, I think Mark Richt is a very good coach. Two, I know Miami has some athletes, they have some good players. Um, and three, they're just undefeated. That's why they're there, plain and simple. I, they've, they've been very fortunate to escape with some wins uh, the last few weeks. All right, number seven for you. My number seven team, Lee, is new in my top ten this week. Uh, which and they very well could lose this week. They are Notre Dame, Lee. Uh, Notre Dame has just had a really good season. Uh, they've they've beaten a Michigan State team uh, that is in the top fifteen. They beat them by twenty points. Uh, they just absolutely embarrassed USC. And by the way, should I spike the football or do just like a victory lap around <laughs> around my house about absolutely uh. nailing everything? Literally everything I said about USC. And yeah, you and, nailed it. And, and and my favorite my favorite part is is just is just to watch just like the the national media just kind of just go back into the shadows a little bit. They just don't talk about USC anymore. Yeah, none of them want to own That's up a good to point. it. None of them want to own up to it. Everything that is wrong with them right now, I saw last year when I watched them. They just got really hot. That was all. They got really hot, and they had a veteran offensive line. And they're lucky the Trojans are to not have three or four losses. Yes, I mean they, they are. haven't. So. I mean they could have lost to Western Michigan in Week One. Yeah. I mean Western and Michigan so, really pushed them. I, I don't think I've. It, it, this is college football, so so mind you, let, there's a lot of hyperbole. Uh, hyperbole, cheese. That, that's it's been a long day, everybody. Anyway, there's lots of outlandish statements said and, and 
in college football world. There are. The USC and Sam Darnold hype of this offseason starting basically on New Year's Day of this year has been so over the top, it's sickening. It's ridiculous. That man, that boy, that dude's not ready. I I am not ready for the NFL. I I feel really bad for him because, like, he's one of those guys. I I think this sometimes when I'm watching. Sam Darnold seems like a really good dude. He Mm -hmm. seems like a really good kid. I feel bad for him. He had a lot of really unfair expectations thrown on his back. That and he 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 had a really. I, I I think he's really talented. He's really athletic, and I think I think he is. Uh, he's got the talent level of a number one pick in the NFL. But I. I saw a lot of issues last year. Just one, he, he didn't throw the ball downfield a whole lot last year. They did a really good job of bringing him along. He also had a veteran offensive line, veteran wide receivers he was throwing to. I think he's a really talented guy. And just what happened this year is uh, th- they threw everything on his shoulders, and he just can't hang. He, he's not there yet, and that's okay. Well, and that offense they run is really bad. That's yeah. a really dumb offense yeah. for him to be running. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, just, and also, it's like an offense that is, is designed for a quarterback that's not very good. Yeah, and it's also uh, they they got a lot of credit last year, and rightfully so, for going into Washington and beating Washington on their home field. Um, outside of that game, they they played a schedule full of mannequins, as I like to say, if, in their little nine game winning streak, or whatever. And they didn't play they didn't play a soul except for Washington. And all right, well that okay, well this yeah. counts as you spiking the football. I think you think so, you've spiked thanks. football enough. I, I just hey man, I, I love college football and I especially love it when I'm right. So here we go. All right, so what was that? Was that number, what, seven? That was number seven. I, I was Notre Dame, and then we went into <laughs> Sam Darnold, USC talk. All right, number seven for me is Oklahoma State. I dropped them a spot. I had them at six last week. I know Oklahoma State's offense only put up 13 points against Texas, but the fact that Oklahoma State's defense came out and basically slowed down the Texas offense at Oklahoma, even though Oklahoma's defense played pretty well at the Cotton Bowl, still wasn't able to hold Texas, you know, to – to less than what 24 points or something like that and, and Oklahoma State's defense held Texas under 300 yards of total offense and 10 points so cue all the hardcore homers saying they weren't they, they were calling all the holding penalties I didn't I didn't <laughs> yeah, see a I lot mean, I Texas did State, Texas did not hold a lot by the way on on Saturday against Oklahoma State and their offensive line got absolutely manhandled by the way so no, I mean, that's, that's just a great great job by the Oklahoma State offense, although I am surprised that they were only able to, to put up 13 points. I figured I figured that Texas's defense would play pretty well against Oklahoma State, but I didn't think they'd hold them to only one touchdown. That's very surprising. Texas's defense is really good. It's it's I, I know Texas a lot has of played people. a lot of really good. Like Texas is like yeah. the opposite of like a Wisconsin or a Penn State. Like Texas's defense I'm, has faced a ton of really good offenses this year. Yeah, I am. I am absolutely certain that Texas's defense is is better than TCU's, one hundred percent certain. But well, that that'll become much more apparent as you know as the TCU's last three face or four to the season. Oklahoma State yeah. and obviously Oklahoma State actually moved the ball pretty well against TCU. Yeah, I know. That. And they faced West Virginia, and West Virginia had a lot of chances in that game and only lost by a touchdown. So yeah, I mean, Te- Texas has Texas a top- very well. Texas could have a better defense than TCU. Texas has one of the ten best defenses in the country. I am certain of it. All right, number six for me is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Extremely impressive win over USC. That's one of the better wins. Even though we're, we're ragging on USC, that's still a really good win because USC's got an offense, and Notre Dame's defense shut it down for the most part, and the offense put up a lot of points. And that shouldn't be that difficult because USC's off, uh, defense is not that great, but that's just a dominating win for Notre Dame, and that's a team that has such a brutal schedule the rest of the way. 
But it's also an easy team to predict that if Notre Dame wins out, that's an obvious playoff team. There's no doubt about it because of the way they, oh, yeah, their schedule. They're, so they're like, sp- if there's anybody that's gonna gonna debate, like, oh, are they gonna make the playoff if they win out? Of course oh my they will. Yeah, their 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 last five games are brutal. That's a brutal yeah. They have final the schedule. they have to have like the the most difficult schedule the rest of the way. Yeah, their 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 easiest game, like, and this is not even their easiest game is against. I, I is at Navy. I Navy, think, yeah, and Navy's game. a tough, tough team to. Yeah, Navy, Navy's, Navy's five and two, and they have uh, they lead they lead the country in in rush offense. So I mean, it's all right. Let's let's keep let's keep flying through. So you're at number you're number six team. Uh, Clemson, uh, Clemson is there. Yes, I know they looked really bad against Syracuse. Yes, I I know I keep saying that they have lots of holes and lots of issues. Uh, Clemson is there because they are Clemson. This is Clemson is an absolutely powerhouse program, and I'm going to give them the the benefit of the doubt until I see them play again. I find it interesting that you're not as high on Clemson as I am, yet I have Clemson actually farther back in the top ten than you do. Uh, number your number five team uh, is TCU. Um, I, right, I, I I have TCU at five yeah. as well. Uh, TCU is just a really solid team. That's that's basically it. I, th- I think they're they're probably the best coach team in the Big Twelve. I have TCU at five as well. At number four for me, I have Penn State. My, my top four, my top five is exactly the same as last week. So yeah, I'll just my say top right now, six I got, is exactly the same. Okay. So, I mean, I, I'll just go through my top four. Penn State, four. Georgia, three. Ohio State, two. Bama, one. Yeah. Uh, my, my top six was unchanged. It's Clemson, TCU, and the number four for me is Ohio State. Three is Penn State. Two is Georgia. One is Alabama. Um, I... I I, I do want to mention why I have Georgia ahead of Penn State. I think Georgia's uh, best win this year is is better than Penn State's best win. That's basically it. I think they're in terms of eye test, they're pretty much a wash. On to the picks. So that's our top ten, and some of those teams in our top ten will also be in this this pick section. So we'll talk a little bit more about it. And the first game we're going to talk about, Grant, is Oklahoma State at West Virginia, and West Virginia is a good darn a darn good football team. They came back, beat Texas Tech. A couple weeks ago, West Virginia, though, at the same time, almost lost to Baylor, but it was a road game. and It's tough to get road wins in anywhere. Just ask Oklahoma. They barely beat Baylor as well in Waco. So this is a tough one because, man, I it's, it's a home game for West Virginia. It's a tough place to play. Oklahoma State's favored by seven and a half points. But after the way I saw Oklahoma State's defense play, I can't imagine Oklahoma State's offense is going to be held down like that again. So I think it's tough not to pick Oklahoma State to beat West Virginia, even though this is a tough road game for the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I agree. It definitely is. Uh, plus, I not a lot of people really give a lot of thought about just how weird it probably is for these Big 12 kind of regional t- teams to have to fly to the East Coast to go to West Virginia. That's That's a weird, weird road trip, especially for an early kickoff also so i don't oklahoma state already did it once this year with that pit game so yeah okay that's keep in mind that's a good take and so i also i i mentioned earlier in this podcast i'm not a i'm not a huge believer in that whole you know the the crunch time thing this is along the same lines i just i I, i'm not i've never been a part of it so i don't know if it really is a thing um this is a game where i really have seen a lot of people uh in big 12 circles kind of say "Ooh, oklahoma state really should be on upset watch I think one, it's it's a combination of West Virginia being really solid on offense. Will Greer has had a really good season. He's he's arguably a, a top five quarterback in the nation uh, this year. And then obviously with Oklahoma State struggling at Texas last week, to me personally, this has the makings of an Oklahoma State just kind of walk to victory. I, I think they might surprise people and just 
kind of easily win this game. I don't mean just like thoroughly blow them out, but I mean, you know, win by two or three scores. And it's just, it's, it's always just kind of a two or three score game, if you know what I mean. All right. So we're both taking Oklahoma State. The next yeah. one in the Big 12 is TCU and Iowa State. And TCU is a six and a half point favorite. The Horn Frogs, I'm sure, when the year began and TCU fans didn't expect this game at Iowa State to be a tough one. They probably thought, oh, this is a this is a road game, but it's not going to be one of the more difficult road games of the year. All of a sudden, Iowa State's playing great football. Uh, the Cyclones look really good. Ever since basically Jacob Park has been banished, even though I think he's still on the roster, and Kyle Kempt has been in, Oklahoma, W, that's the best win in college football. Well, that and, and Syracuse's win over Clemson. But you could you make the argument that Iowa State's win's better because it was on Oklahoma's field. And dominate domination over Kansas last week and then or two weeks ago. And then Iowa State, I mean, uh, a two, three touchdown win at Texas Tech. I mean, this is a tough game. I, I, I don't have the guts to pick Iowa State to win it. But I do think Iowa State, if I'm, I'm, I pick against the spread every week, I'm definitely going to take Iowa State to cover the spread. Lee, this is the uh, this is kind of the highest the Iowa State fan base and football team has been riding since, I don't know, about early 2000s. I'm going to say about 2002 with, uh, who's the guy? Seneca Wallace, I believe, had... Yeah, he was an Iowa State quarterback. He he was having a a massive season, was maybe a Heisman frontrunner in 2002 going into Norman, Oklahoma. They were a top 15 team, undefeated. Uh, Going into Norman, Oklahoma to play Oklahoma, I believe they lost 45 to nothing. It was never close. Seneca Wallace had less than 100 yards of total offense. This game seems very familiar. Or just, it just, I, I really think TCU is going to come out and just kind of crush them. To be honest with you, I, I really do think that. Uh, and and I don't think it's going to be like a crushing, as in like a oh, they beat them fifty five to nothing stuff like that. I think it's going to be like a like a twenty eight to 10, 28 to six type game, where Iowa State's always within maybe like ten or so points, but but it feels like they're down by forty. I think it's going to be one of those games. I, I, I think Montgomery I, the key in this game. If if he's able to to yeah. run and break tackles and be slippery and gain a hundred bunch of yards on the ground, I think Iowa State can win the game or will win the game actually. I don't think Iowa State's really going to be able to move the ball consistently on offense. In fact, I think they're going to get harassed at times by the TCU defense. But I do think that TCU is going to struggle to move the ball at times against Iowa State's defense, which is which is why I kept the score a little lower. But I, Iowa but State's I do th- defense is all turned into actually a really pretty solid unit. I, yeah, not just I, the Big yep, Twelve, but in the yep. country. I, and, and I think in you know the pecking order of the elite teams in the Big Twelve, I think TCU has the worst offense of those three teams. Um, I think Iowa State is, is definitely going to win some battles um, in this game, but it's mostly going to be on the defensive side of the ball. I think their offense may get dominated by TCU. All right, I don't know how much you have to talk about these other games, but let's try to go quick because I, I, I let's let's save save a little bit of time for the last game because that's the biggest one yep. of the week. NC State Notre Dame. I'm I'm gonna take the Irish. Irish are seven point favorites at home. Just such an impressive win over USC, and I you know I, I think Notre Dame's gonna win again. And even though NC State's a really good football team, and, and I didn't think they were a month ago, but uh, the Wolfpack have proved that they're pretty good. Yeah, NC State is just as hot as Notre Dame. Um, NC State has ha, has some NFL players on the defensive line. I, I I really and Notre Dame is a team that 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 really just kind of runs the ball down your throat. They're not much of a threat to throw the ball. Um, I, I I'm going to take Notre Dame. I think it is going to be really close. This is going to this is definitely the game uh, that I'm not going to call for an upset, but but could happen this week. And of course, last week it was Penn State and Michigan that didn't turn out very well. But 
Georgia Tech at Clemson, and always tough to prepare for Georgia Tech's triple option. The Yellow Jackets are good. I mean, they they probably could have. I mean, they they almost beat Miami a couple weeks ago. the 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 caveat of this one though is Clemson's coming off a loss, and Clemson had an extra week to prepare for Georgia Tech. So it's tough to imagine Clemson losing this game, especially with Kelly Bryant back healthy. So I'll take the Tigers to beat Georgia Tech. Clemson, a veteran. Really good defense. I think two weeks to prepare for the option. They're going to come out. They're going to shut down Georgia Tech. I, I like Clemson to rebound. And then, of course, you're going to hear uh, all of the, the hyperbolic talk about how Clemson is back and that it was, you know, they're still a dominant team from the national media. Book it. <laughs> and finally, the game of the week in college football is Penn State at Ohio State. Ohio State's playing a, a real team, to be fair, for the first time since the Buckeyes played the Sooners. And Penn State's playing easily the best team they played all year because, let's be honest, Michigan really isn't very good. And Michigan's not ranked anymore. And Penn State's schedule has looked looked a lot more like Wisconsin's schedule than it has looked like um, Ohio State's schedule. So we learned a lot about Penn State last week. Granted, they did exactly what they needed to do against Michigan, and that was the best that the Lions have looked all season long. So give them credit for that. They had some new wrinkles with Saquon Barkley in that offense, and they dominated. They blew out Michigan, and Penn State looked really good. Can the Nittany Lions do that two weeks in a row now going to Columbus against Ohio State? I've been saying it all year. Ohio State's the best team in the Big Ten, and I think we're going to see that coming to fruition Saturday night. I'll take the Buckeyes to win this game and cover the spread. I don't know what the score is going to be, but I am very confident that Ohio State will win this football game. Lee, I am going to issue my first official big-time retraction of mine here on West of Everest. I was wrong about Penn State's beginning of the year. I, I think they are a legit top four college football playoff contender. Um, as I was watching them against Michigan, on and, and we go, you and I go back and forth about this all the time, you're still not sold on Penn State. I'm completely sold on Penn State. Complete. I, I think they're. Uh, I think they're a spectacular football team. I. I oh my god. Yeah, I, I think they're mm. very, very good. I. Thing is, though, I think Ohio State is is also spectacular. It's 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 a weird deal. I I, I think it's funny that you mentioned that Ohio State uh, Ohio State schedule Ohio State schedule outside of Oklahoma has been an absolute cupcake. They they've been playing. Uh, they've they've played a very very soft schedule since. Other than the OU game. Um, I, I did want to bring that up, but they've been doing exactly what they're supposed to do. They've been just destroying everybody, and I literally right. I, destroying everybody. So, um, here's the deal: I think Ohio State is going to win. I do, just because I, I I think Ohio State is, is special in the talent department. I think Penn State um, d- does have some weaknesses, especially up front. Um, Ohio State's offensive line is going to absolutely dominate Penn State's front on offense. That's just going to happen. Um, and then at that point, the ball is in Penn State's, uh, their offensive coach's court. you, you got to come up with creative ways to get the ball out of McSorley's hands, um, to get to get Saquon Barkley the ball, not between the tackles, because he's going to have zero success there. Um, I think Penn State's got a good good staff. I, I think they might have some wrinkles in this game. Um this is one of the, the things they used all their wrinkles against Michigan. Maybe, I mean, you know, maybe and, I don't know. We, yeah. we had never seen that whole Saquon Barkley motion into the backfield, take the direct. I mean, that was the first time that we've seen that all year. I've watched all every Penn State game and Michigan wasn't ready for it. Ooh, and that, it, it showed it on, on the first drive. Lee, man, that reminds me. I just I'm, I'm getting giddy right now. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. We still haven't seen 
that one play from the game against Ohio State in Columbus, the the direct snap to the running back and a fake no. pitch to haven't seen that yet. And you know, you just know we're going to see it again. I'm just kind of excited about it. But anyway, <laughs> so anyway. Uh, so unless is, Penn State has even more creative wrinkles that we didn't I, see against Michigan, which they very mo- yeah. well might have. I mean, they're going to have to against Ohio yeah. State. I just I don't have a whole lot of confidence that they're going to be able to because I really Trace McSorley played very well against Michigan. But there was also times where his, his lack of accuracy stood out in that game. Yeah. And he's going to have a lot more. He's gonna, I mean, Michigan's got a good defense. But so is Ohio State, and Ohio State's going to pressure McSorley a lot more, I think, than Michigan was able to. I think McSorley's good. I think he's a good player. Uh, I, I think I, I I mentioned to you, I think he is a he's an ultra poor man's Baker Mayfield. He, he is. They, they kind of play the and same way. And I told way. you off yeah. air that I almost made that comparison weeks ago, but I thought that was not fair to Baker Mayfield because Trace McSorley still is not in the stratosphere. No, not even Baker in the same Mayfield stratosphere. But so they, I, so I, I never made that comparison they, because of that. Stylistically, they are similar. Um, yeah, yeah, but anyway, here's what I want. This feels like a game that either Penn State is going to win in a close game, or Ohio State is going to win by a lot. So I, I, I I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Ohio State here just because I've, I've been riding kind of that train the last month and a half after the game in Columbus. I, I think Ohio State's really good. I'm gonna take them. Uh, I, I don't feel good about it. I. The best thing is is that this game is almost inconsequential for the Sooners. I, I really do think it is. Um, I don't know. If Penn State wins, then I think they're the obvious favorite for the Big Ten, and they're going to get in no matter what. And obviously, if Ohio State wins, it just looks looks really good for OU if they keep winning. Um, so I, I'm as a, as a college football fan, I'm just going to sit back and watch the game. I, I expect Ohio mm-hmm. State to win. But I wouldn't be surprised if Penn State wins. I think they're really well coached. I, I think they're 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 a team. They're a really good team that has a lot of character. They're fun to watch. They're really fun to watch. All right, with that, we will end the show. Grant and I will be back Monday with reaction from OU Texas Tech. Will the Sooners still be in the college football playoff discussion when we gather next week and preview Bedlam? I hope so. Until then, for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest.